I always tell people when I train them, this won't work until the 10th time you do it. Whatever we're training on, not going to work until the 10th time you do it. So the first nine, you're going to fail. Just go ahead and assume you're going to fail. Maybe you'll get lucky and it'll work on the third and the seventh, but it's not supposed to work until the 10th time. So you got to try it nine times, fall on your face, be ready. podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your host, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. Your hosts, Nate and Brian, hanging out with you again, and we are looking forward to a great show today. It's going to be a little bit different, but it's going to be great as always. Brian and I are going to be spending some time talking about the seven deadly objections. This is going to be a two-parter. We're going to cover three or four of them today and three or four of them next week. And it's going to be fantastic times because these are the objections that if you learn how to overcome could immediately impact your career trajectory in a whole new way. It's going to be great times. We're going to start off with a little bit of an intro here before we get into the meat of the topic, and we're going to turn to Brian for our quote. Our rewards in life will always be in direct proportion to our contribution. Earl Nightingale. Nightingale. Any relation to Florence? <laughs> I don't think so, buddy. <laughs> okay, gotcha. <laughs> well, I do like the concept. I mean, that's, uh, you know, the whole you get what you work for mentality. Well, not just that. So, the, so this is one of those quotes, this and the Zig Ziglar quote. Um, maybe I shouldn't say it and we'll use it on another one. But uh, you can have everything you want in life if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. These are the two quotes that my mentor, Lance Fernandez, just beat me to death with. I mean, he said these quotes all the time. And when he said your rewards are in direct proportion to your contribution, he wasn't saying, although this is one way to put it and one way to take it, certainly is your work ethic. Like you get you get out what you put in. But he was saying the contributions you make to society, to your fellow man, to others. So for him, these two quotes went together. You can have everything you want in life, that being your reward. If you just help enough, enough other people get what they want, that being your contribution. So he used those two quotes often, you know, almost as if they were interchangeable. And I loved that that's the way he saw that second quote. But yeah, your, <clears throat> your contribution can also be looked at as your the amount you've put in your sweat equity. And that's a perfect way to look at that quote for today's topic, because we're going to talk about some sweat equity. We're going to, we're going to dazzle you, the audience with some rebuttals to some pretty common objections. I I've deemed them the seven deadly objections. There are, there are more, 
and and there are different ones and um there are certain reasons why some of them you know you'll you'll hear the seven and inevitably you listening will think well i wouldn't have that one in there i'd have this one in there and you know everyone's going to have their own version of what should be the perfect seven by no means do i think these are the perfect seven but um there are some like uh, the obvious one which is like this costs too much which you would automatically think needs to be in there as one of the seven but that particular objection is like 50 different objections in one and you so you can't have a it costs too much objection and it was funny because i was doing a training the other morning for our my team here in phoenix and one of the guys said this is the you know the most the toughest objection and i said okay let me do it i'll role play you know we do role play every tuesday and then we do a voluntary role play every friday which i'll say pretty much the whole team shows up for and i say i'll be the customer and i'll give you that objection and he said you know here's the quote and i said well that's too much and uh i said now stop as a technician, you, you saw me say that. What did I mean? It's too much. Well, it's too much money. Okay. Well, what did that mean? Um, you could, you could find it cheaper. Is that what I meant? Yes. That's what you meant. How do you know? And this wasn't one of our, you know, brand new guys. This was a seasoned tech. And what became clear, you know, is, is the difference between me and him in that moment is I went through this, you know, every morning boot camp with the likes of the uh, illustrious Brent Buckley and Kevin Burton and Joey Feliciano and Matt Harbison and Mike Bissell and uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting some, uh, <laughs> but that's what I do. And uh, Tom Tabor and all these other guys who who would come in there early with us and overcome objections. Well, we wouldn't let you get away with you know, just throwing one out and that being it. Like, I don't understand how to overcome that objection if you just leave it at it costs too much, right? Right. I don't even know (laughs) what that means. (laughs) Do you, do you know what I mean automatically if I say it costs too much? No, I think it's, it's for many people, it's the default smoke screen that we go to when we don't want to explain the rest of it. Right. Or we, we, no, we literally mean it costs too much, but in some cases it means my uncle is a plumber and he can do it for less. In some cases, it means I saw one at Home Depot for half that price. But in some cases, it means, holy crap, $17,000? I don't have that kind of money. And in some cases, if you are smart enough to put a monthly payment with what the uh, with the financing payment would be, it's, I can't afford that much per month. I'm on a fixed income. But until you ask them what they mean, you have no idea. So to just lump that in there as one specific objection is kind of unfair to the audience who would get a rebuttal um, and and in most cases go in there and have the rebuttal for it's too much per month and that's not what the client's saying at all and just fall on your face. So that's one that you really have to dig into and and you can probably come up with seven different objections just for that one objection. Um, <clears throat> the other, another point I wanted to make about this episode and why uh, I would say we haven't done it sooner. I've, you know, I've always kind of wanted to, but 
um, it's these calls that you're on are super dynamic. Like anything can happen and you can have the most perfect rebuttal for every objection in the world in your back pocket and pull it off smooth as silk. And you're still not going to get the sale a certain percentage of times. That's just the nature of the game. Um, and I would hate for someone to take one of these and go use it and fall on their face and feel like, I don't know, we let them down or something. Uh, also, I always tell people when I train them, this won't work until the 10th time you do it. Whatever we're training on, not going to work until the 10th time you do it. So the first nine, you're going to fail. Just go ahead and assume you're going to fail. Maybe you'll get lucky and it'll work on the third and the seventh, but it's not supposed to work until the 10th time. So you got to try it nine times, fall on your face, be ready. And you know, these are all things that need to come out when we talk about this stuff, but uh, just, it just seemed like, man, that'd be a long episode, but whatever we're here. Let's, <laughs> let's get it, buddy. That's why we're making it a two part to start with. Um, each of these rebuttals will probably have some explanation with it. Uh, each of these rebuttals, I know like the back of my hand, um, I've trained on them so many, so many times now over the past decade. And then I was using the majority of them. I would say I was using in a truck, uh, in some version of what they are now. Many of them have evolved over the years. Certain people have had a lot of impact on how these rebuttals go. Biggest one coming to mind is going to be Jamie Mellinger. You know, he, he was someone who would just take what I would teach and go right out and use it word for word. And he would come back and give me feedback and he would call me at the end of every call, particularly the ones that didn't sell. And here's what I said. And then there were times he would call me and say, I'm in the truck. I excused myself. I'm dead in the water what should I say? And we'd practice back and forth. And we found ways to tweak some of these things, make them a little bit different than when I was in a truck. So you might find some different, you'll certainly see some differences if you were just watching me on a call 11 years ago versus what they sound like today. So Brian, before we jump into it here, you know, you mentioned a bit of, a bit ago about how, you know, all the calls are dynamic. So don't take this as like, you know, the exact script for the play. Uh, because the play might have a different scene in your particular instance. So what's what's the point? I mean, why bother even putting this content out there? Um, the point the point is, man, when we would do our our half hour trainings before the meetings back in the day when I was in a truck in Las Vegas with all those beasts that came out of that room, we were looking for the most well crafted, well thought out rebuttal to an objection. So what we had been doing before that was, I would say, Nate, do you want one? And you would say, and eh, no, I got to talk to my wife and we go, all right, well, here's my card. And we're running out the door like, Ooh, that was close. I almost had to, you know, keep talking. Um, any objection would just end the conversation. And we got, we just, we lucked out, man. We got put into a place where we were surrounded by guys who, for the most part, we liked each other. We enjoyed each other's company. We wanted to be successful as badly as we wanted to see each other be successful. And uh, we held each other accountable without ever like fighting. Like we were able to push each other a little bit and talk smack about each other. Like, you know, if you missed two days in a row, like we would trash you, you, you know, and it happened to me. I was one of them. I would just get made fun of to the point where I was like, all right, I'm not going to do that again. You know? So um, the idea is always, 
with a rebuttal is to keep the conversation going. The only reason you're overcoming an objection is to keep that conversation going. So if, and, and that's another thing that, that has to be talked about. It's like, if you're only quote unquote overcoming objections at the end, you're not going to sell a whole lot. Um, I don't know who came up with it and it's, I've heard it from so many different people by now on this show, but you know, when you're talking about objections, you're walking through the hallway, a hallway, metaphorically speaking from the time you get to the home. And as you progress in your sales career, you, you see opportunities to close off objection doors in that hallway way before you ask for the sale. So you start figuring out how I didn't, I should have thought of an example of this, but <clears throat> But if you if you get the feeling you're working with somebody who's who's um, not going to have a check to write at the end, right? But could potentially do monthly payments. Like maybe you're dropping hints about the fact that we can do you know we can do monthly installments in a, on our, one of our promotional plans way before you get to the end where you bring up a price. So that would be in a way of like closing objection doors. Another one, well, we'll talk about the biggest one. It's one of the seven deadly objections and I'll, and I'll bring it up when we do talk about it. There is one that has to be brought up up front and that's the spouse objection. That door needs to be closed way before you get to it. So I, I, I like to talk about objections. You know, on this show, we like to role play objections as if we only get them at the end of the at the end of the presentation. But again, it, if you're waiting for the end to start closing those doors, you got too many doors and not enough hands. You're not going to make it. That's got to be done all through the presentation. And the objection rebuttal scenario, it shouldn't be looked at as a combative experience. You're not overcoming a client. You are, they are giving you reasons that this doesn't make sense to them right now. Like they should be at a point where they want what you're talking about. But an objection is them handing you a reason and saying, unfortunately, Mr. HVAC tech, I can't do this today and here's why. And what it should look like to you is them saying, here's why I don't think I can do it. Can you help me with this? Can you help me out with this so that I can do it? That's the way a professional looks at, looks at an objection. So saying I'm overcoming an objection with a rebuttal, it's a crude way to put it. The only reason we talk that way is because that's what I, that's the language everybody knows in selling. But realistically, here's a speed bump. Help me get over it. That's what an objection is. If, if it's not an objection, and they're flat out telling you, no, I don't want this crap, pack your stuff, man. <laughs> You're leaving with that, with that product. That client ain't. So just roll out. You didn't you did a very poor job as a salesperson. Love the analogy, Brian, and I'm really looking forward to getting into this today. Uh, before we do, it's that special time of the week where we highlight one of you out there in listener land, and we want to talk about one of your reviews today. So, Brian, who are we highlighting on this particular episode? Worth every second. Five stars, baby. It doesn't take a lot of common sense to recognize something great for you. Waste no day is exactly what everyone needs to advance themselves. Brian's coaching and leadership has been 
critical for my development personally and professionally. Nate is a mountain that anchors the Lancaster Punctual Pros teams in place. I'm grateful for those two monsters for making their strengths available for those who need it. Uh, fantastic, man. Always love that type of feedback. Uh, it's encouraging and um, just humbled, humbled. Yeah, that's awesome. This was written back in September. So, yeah, appreciate that, Plumber Daniel. If uh, if you would be so kind, we appreciate everyone who takes the time out of their day to write a review. You can just click, uh, scroll down in the in the app once you press on Waste No Day in the uh, iTunes app and uh, press write review and write what you think. Or you can just press that five-star button or you can go to Spotify, press the five-star button. Audible on the Audible uh, audiobook app. We've been actually gaining some traction in there in terms of listens. Uh, or downloads, I guess. You can also and should write us a review on Audible. We would really appreciate it. Here's the deal. Uh, Tommy Mello asked for people to write reviews, I don't know, a couple months ago. And I'm I'm an, a weekly listener of the Home Service Expert podcast. So I jumped over there and tried to write a review. You have to listen to two full episodes of the podcast before Audible will let you write a review. So uh Pick two episodes you really like, listen to them over on Audible and write us a review and we'll appreciate it. Or just hit the five-star button on Apple or Spotify. We just broke 100 reviews on Spotify, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. They haven't had reviews for very long, so that's pretty awesome. That is awesome. And thank you for that, uh, Daniel, as well as anybody else. Uh, we thank you in advance for your reviews. Uh, right now, though, it's time for us to turn to the episode. It's going to be a little bit different this time as we don't have a physical guest to put in your passenger seat. This time we're going to put a metaphorical one, also known as the seven deadly objections. Our guest today is Mr. Grumbleton, the quintessential cantankerous customer. With a permanent scowl and a knack for finding flaws in everything, he's a force to be reckoned with. From coffee shops to customer service lines to in-the-home service, his complaints are legendary. Though he may test your patience, Mr. Grumbleton's persistence has reshaped businesses and customer service standards and technicians through the years. Behind the cantankerous exterior lies an unwavering commitment to better experiences. Handle with care, and you just might turn his grumbles into gratitude. With no further ado, welcome, Mr. Grumbleton. <laughs> and that would be the... Uh... The uh, male Karen client. <laughs> is that who that is? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you, ChatGPT, for quickly coming up with a uh, biography Woo. on the metaphorical objection. <laughs> Human love. <laughs> a uh, anthropomorphosis of, of an objection. Yes, yes. So what we're going to do here, Brian, as we go through the list is we're going to start off with each objection in actual role play. And you can determine throughout the role play what the objection is. And then after we complete the role play, we'll kind of break it down uh, for you farther. Uh, for this particular purpose, we're going to keep the call fairly uh, simple and not get too into the weeds of like all the ins and outs of what we're doing. So, Brian, what, set up the stage for us. What, what call type do you want to use? Uh, doesn't matter. Just, just literally hit the objection and we'll hit the rebuttal and then we'll chop it up. All right. Very good. <clears throat> okay. So, hey, Brian, thanks a lot for, um, for coming out and helping us out here. Really appreciate everything. Uh, I, I got to be frank with you though, man. Um, 
this this feels like a lot here. And so I was wondering, could you provide uh, like a, a breakdown on this invoice, you know, like, you know, your materials and labor? Could you kind of explain more in depth what this quote is coming from? I, I do appreciate what you're asking for. And I've worked for many of the quote unquote time plus material companies in the past. In much of my experience, they kept the material cost seemingly very low and then dragged the job out as long as possible so they could rack up hefty hourly rates. Fortunately, we're not a time and material team. The fastest amount of time possible, highly trained drug background checked technician, fully stocked truck, licensing, bonding, insurance, warranties, and of course the materials are all included in the quote I gave you. We're definitely not the cheapest company in town. And if you're just looking for the bottom dollar, no matter what lowest price, uh, I'm not the technician for you. But people in this area choose us anyway because of the value we provide and how firmly we stand behind the work we do. Would you like to see some of our reviews and see what some of your neighbors have to say about us? I mean, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm not trying to insult you. You know, I, I'm sure you're a fine company. Obviously, we, we chose to call you and everything. And, and so it's, it's not that I'm distrusting you as a person. I mean, you're, you're very friendly and, and clearly very knowledgeable, <coughs> very knowledgeable about plumbing and everything. But, <laughs> you know, it, it just feels like, I mean, yeah, I, I'm not a plumber, but I mean, the, there's not a lot of parts to what we're looking at here. And I kind of feel like I could probably just slip on Amazon and grab a couple of these, of these things. Like, so I'm still struggling with the number. You know what I mean? Sure. That makes perfect sense. And you're not, to, to be sure, you're not paying the majority of your invoice for the part. If if I can make an analogy to make it make a little bit more sense for you, my son, who's 15 now, um, I don't remember what he was, maybe four or five years old. He pulled a potted plant down on himself and right between the eyes and had to get stitches between his eyes. We went to the UMC Charleston, I believe, in, in Las Vegas where we lived at the time. And I saw the bill. So we walked in. We sat in the waiting room for probably 30 minutes. We got in to see a doctor. Uh, we sat in the office by ourselves for another 15 minutes doctor walked in for what might have been three minutes. So up to that point, we're three minutes with a professional. Um, he walked out, nurse walked in, put the stitches in. So it wasn't even the doctor doing it. Might as well say it was the apprentice, wasn't the plumber. Uh, and then five, 10 minutes later, we were out of there. Uh, got home, later on got a bill and, and you know this went to the insurance company, but it was $1,200. Now I just... Being me, I had to look at how much the material cost for those stitches in about eight minutes worth of labor. Any guess? Uh, I, I kind of feel where you're going here, Brian. I, I mean, uh, stitches aren't, you know, it's, mm. it's nylon and a, and a staple gun or something like that, right? Yep. You know, at, the end, not, at the end of the day, was I paying for stitches? No, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, I was paying. What do you, what do you think I was paying for in that, in that instance? Well, besides the the overhead of the hospital and everything that goes with it, you're paying for the expertise of the doctor or the nurse to to know how and what and where to do the the job, so that all the other things that could potentially go wrong, like you know a scar, infection, um, 
additional pain and suffering don't happen. Yeah. So it makes sense though, right? Yeah. And I, and I, know. I can't say I agree with the $1,200, right? And it does seem a little steep, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it but does, if we but... really knew everything that goes into it, it, it would probably make more sense. And on this side, I actually understand everything that goes into not only, you know, the quote unquote hospital where I go train in the morning, the, the, the office, but we literally load the doctor up in an ambulance and send him out to the house for you. And if anything goes wrong with these quote unquote stitches, guess what? I'm coming back out. Not going to make you drive into the hospital. I'm going to come back out and take care of, care of it for you. And guess how much you're going to pay for that? Uh, zero. We stand behind our work, sir. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know what? That, that, that makes sense to me. Why don't we go ahead and get this done today? Ding, ding, ding. Oh, we need a bell. <laughs> Every time we get a sale. So, so um, what, the, where you cannot one. start with that one, where you cannot start is you just, you can't say, no, we don't do material and labor breakdown. We're a flat rate company. You're not going to get a sale. You've, you've either just closed this entire presentation down or you've made it confrontational, which is arguably worse. Nah, it's probably not worse. I'd rather get in a confrontation than <laughs> have the sale completely closed down because I can talk my way out of the other one. So, Brian, so, like, we didn't press it out, but you know, what if somebody comes at you and they're like, dude, I've done the math. There's no way this job takes you more than two hours. That's that's $1,000 an hour. Like, I mean, yeah, I, so, you look like a good plumber, but shoot, my lawyer doesn't even charge me that, you know? Yeah. And, and so it's the same kind of, um, it's the same conversation. It's the, you know, divide up, divide up the amount of time the, the nurse and the doctor spent on my son altogether and less than a dollar worth of stitches. And the, you're in the same category. So you're not just paying for an hour of my time. You're paying for all these other things that had to go into it, which is why when I, when I started with my rebuttal to that, I talked about the fully stocked truck, the background check, the drug testing, the warranties, the licensing, bonding, insurance. I talk about all these things before it's brought up because I'm. this is literal building of value. You're building the value by talking about all the things that go into getting me here today. The years and years and years of training. And I used to love to say that three times. <laughs> years and years and years of training. Never stops, right? I think that's a clever way of putting it too, Brian. When you say, "Hey, listen, you know, you're you're not paying for one hour of my labor. You're paying for ten years of hard experience and trial by fire, and and sixteen other flooded basements along the way <laughs> to get to one hour of quality know-how that is going to do this right." Like you put that in the doctor terms and you're saying like, you're not paying for one hour of me stitching up your forehead. You're paying for all the cadavers that I had to screw up on in the past so that I could do this right live in the moment on your son's forehead. Like, I mean, that, that changes the perspective of things. Yep. So great stuff there, Brian, uh, starting off hot with uh, objection number one. So let's turn to the second deadly objection. 
We're going to jump right into the role play of that as well. Brian, man, um, thanks again for coming out here. So really, really do understand what you're trying to do here, man. But like, we're staring down the barrel of, of Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, it's It's been a difficult financial year, if I can be frank with you already. And, uh, you know, we're looking at we're looking at the holidays here. I got to consider gifts and, and, you know, a lot of food expenses and things like that, man. I, I'm not sure that I'm not sure that I can justify. I, I like what you're saying. And like, I think we need to do it. I'm just not sure that I can justify the cost with all the other costs coming up here that I know I have to plan for. Do you know what I mean? Oh, that, that makes perfect sense to me. I'm, I'm, uh, obviously well aware of the holidays coming. Like I told you before, I have four kids. Um, I'm, I'm well aware of the expenses that are coming here with the holidays coming. And, uh, you know, I saw you had some kids running around and believe me, if doing this job is going to take Christmas presents from under the tree, I don't want you to do it. This isn't a do this, uh, versus eat scenario. It's going to take food out of the fridge. It's not meant to be. But what if I could show you a way where one, what is it? Uh, it's middle of November here. You wouldn't even have to pay a penny until middle of December. And then you would just pay a small amount monthly until it's either paid off or you decide to just pay it off early and there's never any kind of prepayment penalty. Would you like to see if you qualify for one of our promotional plans today? Boy, that uh, it certainly makes it a lot more tempting. I, I'm still just very conscious about the fact that, you know, I already know that the credit card bill in January from all the spending that we do for the for the holiday season, and everything here is, mm-hmm. is difficult to pay as it is. And I'm just thinking, like, sure, shoot, you know, one more payment on top of that, right? And, and you know, I don't know how long your your payment plans are, but uh, yeah, it, it's just tough, man. Yeah, I, I completely understand. Let me ask you a quick question. We're coming up on the, you know, the first quarter, the end of the year, the the beginning of the next year. Do you think typically prices in in the electrical world are going to go up or down when that happens? Uh, Well, I'm not, I'm not um, immune to the price increases that we've seen in the grocery store and some of the other industries that I work in, in, in my, in my own job. So I would imagine you've seen a fair amount of increase in materials and stuff in yours too. So I, if I had to guess, I would say it's probably going to go up, right? Yeah. In the last two, I read a stat that said in the last two years, we've seen more price increase in the construction trades, which is what this is, than in any five years combined in history. Wow. And uh, every everything's pointing to that's going to keep happening. So- not only could we get you with some low monthly install installments and I'm, I'm, we could get you pretty low on these, like where I would hope it barely even makes a dent, but really the bigger thing is you're going to avoid those price increases that are almost inevitable. I mean, they're almost inevitable anymore. We're seeing them so often and so much. It's like heartbreaking to go to a job, make some recommendations have someone right on the fence, not do it. And then call me like a month or two later after they've talked to some people and say, let's get it done. And then I have to say, I'm sorry, but it's actually 20% more than when I was here last time. 
So we could not only protect you from that inevitable price increase, but get you in this low monthly installment and, and, uh, you know, avoid having to come out of pocket with any significant amount of money right now. And again, depending on the promotional plan, you're 30 to 45 days before you have to even make the first installment. Can I go ahead and get you signed up for that? Uh, we'll tell you what, I'm willing to look at it. Can we start there? Sure. Right. Yeah. So we, we would just start the process. And once the paperwork started, like, I don't know if I've ever seen someone back out once we started moving into the financing paperwork. Well, and that's the trick of it too, because when, when you, whether you're using the buzzword financing, which we highly suggest you do not use that word, or whether you're using more creative terms like payment plan or payment options or those types of things, the client is assuming amounts. You, unless you've already presented and you're using, yeah, and here's amounts. part of the challenge. Like if Nate, if Nate and I are talking and he's giving me this objection, I've shown him now, you know, a $10,000 package. He's looking at 10 grand right now. If it's me, I, I wouldn't even show the 10,000. I'd show the monthly payment on that. And I don't know what everyone uses for financing, but here's what I can tell you. Whatever financing you use or are, for whatever insane reason not using yet in terms of financing, there's a percentage of the total that a client will pay per month. So on the, let's say the 10.99% interest plan, one of the plans we carry, the payment factor is 0.0171 times the total. Right. So $10,000 times 0.0171 is $171 a month. So their payment is $171 a month. And they will not make that first payment depending on what company you use till 30 days or 45 days from today. So you're taking someone who's looking at a two, three, five, ten, thirty thousand $30,000 package, whatever it is. And you're saying, forget about that number. You don't have to worry about that. This is what you're doing, essentially. If it's $5,000 and it's, what, 80, say $85 a month, keep going down from there. Saying, forget about that $5,000 number. All you have to be concerned with is this $85 a month. And you don't even have to worry about that until X date. And then make that installment as long as you need to. And if you never get to the point where you pay that off early, it, don't worry about it. But if you do, there's no prepayment penalty whatsoever. So the reason I don't use the 12 and 6 and 18 and 24 month, quote unquote, same as cash, no interest um, plans is, man, those plans can be like 29% interest, right? So there's no interest for 12 months. But on month 13, they go up to 29.99% interest. And if they don't pay that off, and I've had this happen to me, to uh, clients of mine, they plan on paying it off, but life happens. They plan on making 12 payments or just paying it all off at the end of the 12 months with no interest. If they have that money, they should just be writing a check, right? 
But if they're thinking all the stars are going to align perfectly and they're going to pay it off before that 12 month hits, they're not. The stars will not align that perfectly. And then all of those 12 months, they're going to get hit with 29% interest on all those months. And it's just going to tack on to the end. Boom. And now they just get hit with this massive lump sum. When you could have gotten them into an 8.99% plan from day one, and they don't have to be super frustrated and anxious about paying it off in that 12 months, and they usually get blasted at the end of it. I am not a fan of those plans at all. On top of that, the dealer fee. So your company might pay 10, 15% of that total job to the financing company for the quote unquote privilege of using that plan. And I actually had a conversation with a, uh, with a vendor from one of the finance companies recently as I was shopping finance companies and he kept pushing this, these 18 month, no, no interest plan. And I said, I don't use those. So like, we can just stop talking about it. And he's like, well, why? Because obviously these are huge money makers for them. So they, they want people to use them. Not in the beginning, but 12 months later, they become huge money makers. And I said, because the, they, I've had clients call me before and say, hey, we're not mad at you, but just FYI, man, we got ripped off here. Like we feel like we were taken advantage of this finance company just made all this money because it hit month 13. <clears throat> and the uh, rep for the financing company said, well, I mean, I mean, that's where we make our money on these things, you know? And I'm like, oh, really? Not the fact that you charge me 15% of the job? <laughs> for the privilege of of helping you take you know whatever hey most people probably pay it off in time i've had that happen very rarely and in the first several several years of my career i used those plans exclusively but man you know it was an older filipino couple um and from henderson nevada uh they used the the 12 month or whatever plan. And I went back to their house a year later or whenever it was and asked how, if they were happy with the equipment I put in. And she straight up told me that here's what happened with the financing. We had to pay all this extra money and wish we wish we had never financed it. And I was just like, Oh man, sorry. And, uh, maybe one or two times after that, I heard it. And then when I was in management, I heard it a couple of times and I, I just got to the point where I'm like, I'm not, I'm not promoting these plans anymore. I mean, do what you will, owners, managers, but techs, if you can find a way around those plans, even if it's like 11, 12% financing up front, just tell them like, pay it off sooner, <laughs> double the payments, triple the payments, but don't put yourself in a position where you're, you're going to get down to the wire and you're so stressed out that you have to pay this thing off by the end of this month, or you're going to hit with God, another thousand dollars or whatever in interest fees. Just get in a lower monthly interest plan and go from there. But yeah, essentially that's what you're doing. You're you're taking that huge amount of money off the table and you're putting this very small digestible monthly amount on the table. So if you don't have financing, if you're not using it, if you have it at your company, but you're not utilizing it as a tech, message me. I'll spend the time with you. I'll, I'll walk you right through it. Nothing's easier. It's so easy. Um, you got to get on board with this thing. You, people, you're talking about a car, somebody buying a car with a check or a credit card. Like, don't do that to them. Get on board with the financing. 
sound advice there, Brian, and a great way to wrap up the second deadly objection. Moving on to the third one here, uh, we're going to jump right into the role play of the third deadly objection. And that sounds a little bit like this. Hey, Brian, um, you know, I, I understand what you're doing here. Um, you know, I, at this point, my wife and I, we're actually planning on selling our house in uh, the next year or so. And really at this point, you know, I, I appreciate the the options that you presented us here, but we're just looking to kind of, you know, fix this thing, get in and out and, and move on. We're not looking to stay here and we're not looking to create additional investment within the, the house that we're not really going to reap the benefits from, if you know what I mean. Oh, that makes perfect sense to me. And, and you know, if we were talking apples to apples and it was just, uh, the repair or the replacement, um, because you're saying you'd rather just go with the minimum replacement or repair necessary to get you by until you sell the home. Yeah. 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 I would, I would say, um, if we were talking about 50, 60 bucks, I'd be all for it. But you know, in this case, the, the, when do you think you might be moving out by? I mean, that's, you know, it's kind of in the air, but our, our objective is within the next year, probably by the end of next year, I would say. Okay. So you're, you're almost for sure going to be out within 12 months. Yeah. Okay. Cause what I'm looking at is you have a repair here. That's going to be $800. Right. And the replacement we were talking about was $2,400, $2,500. We'll say for easy math. So about three times that now you could do the repair certainly for the $800 and save some money kind of, uh, seemingly, but if you were to just do the replacement, you have some benefits on that side that we haven't really talked about. One, if you're going to sell the home, um, and let's say we're just talking about your water heater. Um, if you're going to sell the home, and, and let's say you're looking at a home. So you got this home and then the home next door. And one of them has a recently repaired water heater and one of them has a brand new water heater and they're both the same price. Which home are you buying? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the the mechanicals piece is is huge. Sure. So everybody I, like, wants is, to is see that new legit, equipment. Though? Is that legit? Because like, you know, I, I've seen some of those videos and and you know articles and stuff like that where you have to, as a homeowner, you have to be very careful about where you invest your money because you don't always get the return on it. Like, sure. It, you know, is is this one of those things that new homeowners or purchasing homeowners would actually say like, hey, this matters to me? Well, I would say that if if I was to tell you that you'll get you could raise the price 25, 2,500 bucks as a result of doing this, I'd be lying. I don't think that's the case. Okay. So in those terms, will you get that money back? Not necessarily, but ask yourself if you're the homeowner and you have two like homes and one has a new water heater and one has a recently repaired water heater, which one are you buying? Yeah. Uh, I see your point. Yeah, so I'm just I'm just saying that part that a, a new water heater, a new whatever HVAC unit panel, it's shiny, it's nice. You like that that's there, and you'll you won't have to worry about that for a long time, right? I mean, does that part make sense at least? Yeah, for sure. Okay, and let's move on to the financial part because obviously that's what we're talking about here. So you could pay this eight hundred dollars right here up front, and you're just out eight hundred dollars. But on this twenty five hundred dollar package we have some promotional plans available where one, you wouldn't have to make a penny payment for the first month. So you got an entire month before you pay any money out of pocket. Two, with our with this promotional plan, you would have 
about a $42 a month payment after that first month. So if you were only going to stay a year, you would make 12, 11 of those. So $400 and $500 worth of payments. And then when you sell the home, you just pay the rest off. Right? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Versus, so maybe $500 in payment versus $800 in payment, but you now have the brand new water heater that's going to that new homeowner. Yeah, I'm st- <clears throat> I am I know what you're saying. I'm, I'm still trying to justify in my head. I mean, you know, we're putting in a brand new product here. And, you know, I, what, what's the average length of like a water heater, like lifespan? Uh, I mean, the warranties are six years for a reason. If they If they were all typically going eight years, they'd be eight year warranty water heaters, but less than 10 years. I mean, you know, okay. So call it 10, like we're only enjoying one tenth of that purchase and then we're not there anymore. So I'm still struggling to like justify that in my mind. You know, I I get the the low payments and all that stuff, but you know, selling the house, buying a new one, there's already a lot of, a lot of stress involved in money when we're doing that. Let's, let's say on the other hand though, um, the water heater is getting up to that 10 year mark. You put that $800 in and we replace these various parts of the water heater. What happens if that tank lining goes and it leaks? No, oh, that would be very frustrating. Six months in, what happens? Do you think the manufacturer of the water heater is going to credit you those parts back to an, toward a new water heater? You mean if I if we did the repair today or if we put a new one in? Correct. If we just did the repair today and then six yeah. months from now, this water <clears> heater <throat> ends up leaking anyway. Well, I don't know. What, what's your company policy? Any, any chance that that's how you guys do things? <laughs> I wish that's how we did it. Now, if we put a part in and that exact part malfunctions within the warranty period, we would re, re, be replacing it no cost to you. However, if we put that part in and then the tank itself malfunctions and starts leaking, I mean, we can't take that part out and put it in another home. That thing's going in the trash and you're out the 800 plus now you're buying a new water heater anyway. Does it make sense why at this age we tend to say no matter what the circumstances, you're probably better off just replacing the water heater? Yeah, that definitely makes sense to me. Cool. Cool. And if you, uh, if you'd like, I can start the paperwork now. We can see if you qualify for one of our promotional plans. Okay. Yeah. Let's take a look at it. All right. So, uh, ideally there you're, so what you're trying to do, you're getting into a comparative model. One, you're comparing having this old equipment with a new part on it versus having all brand new equipment. You're comparing showing a a potential buyer a repaired old system versus a brand new system. And uh, you're also comparing paying a small monthly amount after a month where you don't have to pay anything versus paying a huge lump sum up front. And in every scenario, you can do that. And there's a million different types of objections where you can use that monthly versus a, a total um, but this one in particular, it's like, it shows you that you're paying less money for a brand new system than you would for a repair. So Brian, is the objection <clears throat> harder to overcome if we're talking about, um, lifestyle or quality lifestyle improvements or those types of things? So, you know, let's say instead of a water heater, we're talking about, 
uh, you know, I have a leak in the pipe. And the reason I have a leak in the pipe is because I have super duper hard water. And so we can repair the pipe today for $800. But what you actually need is water treatment to address the super hard water. And I'm thinking, okay, I mean, that's great. But uh, the next pipe leak is on somebody else and not me. So is it harder to overcome then? Yes. It's dramatically more difficult to overcome. So there are, there are different types of people in this scenario. And here's the problem. Technicians will see this for sale sign and say, why bother? Immediately prejudge. Like there is no person on earth who would put that water treatment system in to protect the plumbing for the next owner. But you're wrong. There are a lot of people who would do that anyway, who would put that system in because they did not know it existed before. And if they'd known 10 years ago when they bought the house, they'd have put it in then. And if you show them and build enough value and explain you know, how it's good for the system and it's good for the future owner and could keep them from having the same problem. Also, what if the what if it doesn't work out? I mean, how many people have almost sold a house and ended up staying? Ask a realtor, it happens all the time. So what if the sale what if it doesn't work out? You don't end up moving. Like better to take care of this now. Hey, look, if it does work out and you want to yank this thing out and take it with you, give me a call. I'll help you with that. Also, don't you think the new owner would like having something like this in the home? Could be a buying feature. Could be a reason to choose this home over another one they're looking at that doesn't have it. Tons of ways you can build value there. Also, again, you're talking about a pipe leak that's going to be a few hundred bucks, most likely. Or you're talking about a pipe leak with some water treatment that's going to be a few thousand. And now you can move into the few hundred bucks right now or small monthly installments starting next month until you move. And when you yeah. sell, you just pay it off. That is yeah, no- That has to be in your back pocket. I'm noticing a theme there, Brian. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's, it's killer, man. It's like the, the, the best, the top selling people in our industries, in all of them, use financing on every call they go to. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean the client takes them up on it, but it comes out on every call they run. I mean, man, a lot of the best people doing it don't even show a total. Like they don't show you $10,000. They show you $171 a month. Now, that doesn't mean that's your payment. You have to you have to contact your manager or whatever finance company you're looking into and see. They might have 10 different plans and each one has a different multiple. And the multiple is just point whatever times the total is the client's monthly payment. So you got to figure out what that is. And you write that on the top of your hand for the first month. You need to know that number. Talk about it all the time. And that is something that you should be talking about all the time, as Brian mentioned there, because the client is not aware of payment options Ooh. unless you make them aware. Or, or what else are they not aware of unless you make them aware? Any product that's not in their face, on their counter, or in your truck. <laughs> oh, you're a salesman, Nate. That's what you are. You're just a slime ball, scumbag salesman. You should just walk in and fix the toilet flapper and never look at anything else like a real plumber. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know uh, a real plumber, Brian? Uh, let me think. Let me think. I think the ops manager here, Daryl's a real plumber. Uh, okay. <laughs> there's like two at Lancaster, right? Brendan's a real plumber. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan also calls himself a real plumber, too. He's right? not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, speaking of plumbing and moving on here, flowing down the line as we were, we're moving from the seventh, this, excuse me, the third deadly objection to the fourth one, Ryan. So let's jump into that role play. Here. Oh, this is one of my favorites, buddy. This one used okay. to, number four used to topple me every time. I would collapse at the door because this is an objection, unlike the majority, that you don't you don't get to close on the way through the hallway. They just open the door with it sometimes. Like you get <laughs> smacked in the face with it as you open their door. And and oftentimes when I was a young learning, struggling tech, just utterly void of confidence. I would hear this one and just collapse in on myself and I'd be in and out of a maintenance call in 14 minutes flat. Well, let's see what Mr. Grumbleton has for you today. All right, Brian, you know what? Let me stop you right here, okay? Because this is what really ticks me off about you guys. Every single time that one of you fools shows up at my house, you're always asking for money and trying to sell me something. You know what? Your your boy uh, Brent Brent B or something like that. He was out like a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> and and he wanted to sell me like a thirty thousand dollars system. And and another one of your guys, uh, Kevin. He actually looks a lot like you. He was out the time before <laughs> that, and and he was trying to sell me like everything under the sun. And like I, I'm just I'm over it, man. Like I am. Listen, I've done well for myself, but I'm tired of being your cash cow, okay? And like I'm just sick of it because every single time you walk in here, you're 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 telling me I have to buy something. And you know what? I just don't believe it anymore because I've taken good care of this house and there's just no possible way that every time you come here, there's something wrong. I just don't believe it, man. So what you're saying is you feel like every time we come here, we try to sell you something. That's, that's exactly what I just said, and that's exactly how I feel. All right. I'm teeing up on this one. This is my best rebuttal. Here we go. But unfortunately, you're going to have to wait till next week to hear it. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. Ah. <laughs> cliffhanger, baby. Cliffhanger. Sylvester Stallone-style <laughs> cliffhanger. <laughs> that's right brian uh well we're gonna cut it here and it's been a great show already we've covered three really good objections can you provide a materials and labor breakdown on your quote we have a lot of expenses coming up with the holidays and we're moving in a year and we just don't have the money to do that type of thing right now so let's just do the minimum next week we're going to dial in on the remaining three uh four excuse me including the one that we just started, which is every time you guys come out of here, all you want to do is sell me something and it's going to be a great show. Uh, so thank you to Brian for providing your insight on the objections. I know we're going to get a lot of feedback on this episode. And so if you like what you heard or you heard something that you didn't like, we'd like to hear it either way. If you came up with an objection or a response that you think is better than what Brian was talking about today, we'd love to hear that. Oh yeah, jump in the heard, jump in the waste yeah. no day Facebook group and and hit us with it. Or if you've heard a twist on the objection and you're wondering, mm, man, like how does this happen? Like how do we overcome this different nuance of it? We'd sure like to hear that too. Or if you think I just gave Brian nothing but softballs, you know what? Rip me apart. That's fine. The name's Lil Chirp. Hit me up on the Facebook. That's he deserves cool it. Too. He deserves <laughs> it. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's where we're going to wrap it up for today. So. 
we're going to close out the episode as we always do, which is to thank you, of course, for tuning in, for sharing this with as many people as you can, for being part of our weekly listeners, and for making sure that we have a reason to wake up and to do this. And so we thank you for the reviews, the comments. We thank you for the feedback, and we thank you for the support. And uh, those, those are the things that encourage us to keep on doing this. We want to leave you now with our weekly challenge, which is to choose to wake up every single morning and waste no day. 